Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney Insights podcast. Thanks for joining us. There are many reasons to go on a Disney cruise, and for many, visiting Alaska is a big bucket list item. Combine the two and you make for a wondrous journey. Join us as we take in the Alaskan waters on board the Disney Wonder for an eight-day, seven-night journey. We discuss the many decisions one has to make in determining if, when, and how to take this cruise. We talk about the opportunities and issues around boarding in Vancouver. And then we talk in detail about being on a Disney cruise ship, not in Bahamian or Caribbean waters, but in the cold realms of Canada and Alaska. We'll talk about accommodations, dining, entertainment, recreation, and other amenities of this ship, and what's it like to be on the Wonder for such a long voyage. Join us for the first part of our trip as we go on board the Disney Wonder for Alaska. I'm Jeff Kober, and I am thrilled on this experience to have with me my wife, Kathy. And uh, it's good to, I know I talk about Kath all the time on my podcast, but very seldom do I get the privilege and blessing. And yes, I have to do a lot of household chores in order to get time with her for this podcast. So Kath, um, welcome. Thank you. Um, to answer the very first question, why... What are the main reasons for going on a Disney cruise to Alaska? In terms of what caused us to go, I can take full responsibility for that decision as this probably wouldn't have been on my husband's bucket list at all. I want to, but let me just stop there and say, I started on this, okay, my wife's having her 60th birthday. It's a big milestone. What am I going to do to make this better? I started on this well before, uh, like, six seven months before her birthday so let's just say it went nowhere for a long time well relatively speaking i think at one point i said i wanted to go to yellowstone which is my favorite favorite place in the whole world which there was complete silence in the conversation and um so we found a place that would work for both of our tastes not that i don't love the disney cruise line i do but the thought of going to disney cruise in Alaska felt a little bit like traveling by boat through the middle of Yellowstone, which you all know is not possible. So we decided this is where we were gonna go and we were a little late in booking it, um, but everything came out perfectly. So, so you have a little bit more context to this, please understand that this is our 10th cruise with the Disney Cruise Line. Most all of them have been in the Bahamas, in the Caribbean. We live here in Orlando. It's an hour's drive to Port Canaveral. That's part of what has made our Disney cruise experience so wonderful is that we can get there. It's, there's no overhead practically to getting over there other than parking our car for the week. And even then we could probably have one of our kids drop us off. It's just very little involved in the cost and frankly, very little in the planning. And many of those trips have been because we found a Florida resident discount or some kind of discount that enabled us to go more toward the last minute of the cruise. I mean, some of our cruises, we were definitely weeks away, not months away from most of our cruises. So that is kind of how we've been cruising. The only exception was 
we did go to San Diego, although on the last moment, um, in, I want to say it was 2018, maybe it was 19, I think it was 2018, we did it while I was doing a heavy amount of work in California, so you flew out, we went down to San Diego, and again on the Disney Wonder, we went down to Mexico. It was a two-night experience, worse cruise we've ever taken, because you can't do a Disney cruise in two nights, so do not look at any of those those possibilities it's just not it's just not how you do a disney cruise but it was the last time we were on the disney wonder i think this became our third one going to alaska for being on the wonder um but it had been a little while tiana's had already opened up on the wonder but many other things had had not been revised or brought on to that ship so so that kind of gives you a context now we're saying all this because i know that my favorite go-to guy, David Zanola, uh, you know, out the door, travel is rolling in because, I mean, the ongoing joke between he and I is the number of times I booked a cruise and then canceled. So when I called him up, only, um, it was less than two months. It was like a month and a half, Kath, hmm. before the cruise. And I said, we want to book this cruise. He was like, you don't even have time to cancel at this point. And by the way, he was encouraging me to get insurance because he knew I would cancel in some form, some way. He would have to deal with the cancellation. So he was not even buying into the fact that I would be. I had already booked the wish last year and we had to cancel that. And so because of some extenuating circumstances. So so but here's the problem. And this is what your any travel agent's going to tell you, this especially what David is going to tell you. You got, this really is one of those cruises you need to book a year out. So if you're thinking about doing it, now is the time to do it for 2024. There's still a possibility to get on one between now and the end of this summer. It goes into late September, I believe, doing Alaskan cruises on the Wonder. But honestly, you, if you're going, if you're if you don't want to pay out of the nose, then you want to book way in advance. That is going to affect your pricing. And yeah, Kath. However, it just turned out for us, I remember looking at all the cruises when we were at that two month out point. And I guess because the wish is priced so high since it's new, or maybe those ships had filled up, um, the price of the Alaskan cruise at that point for us was pretty comparable to what we would have gotten in the Caribbean, especially on a seven night. Um, it it was it was pretty cheap because well, of our time. Well, let, let me say yes and no to that because what we did is once you once you determine you're going to go on the ship, then you got to determine where on the ship, and we knew we did not want to see Alaska from an inside stateroom. So now that leaves verandas and that leaves portholes. And when and and honestly, we were okay not doing the veranda because the veranda, as I recall, was six thousand more than what we paid. We paid around four thousand, if I'm correct. And it was it was a it was at least five or six thousand dollars more for for yeah. a veranda, and we just weren't gonna do that. And then it came down to the portholes. We had been on 
Which ship was it? Where we got to, we had the large. We did the dream. Over. I think it was last was... year with our kids, and because we have aut- uh, uh, an older autistic male, we're kind of anxious about doing the veranda thing. You know, we don't think he's going to throw himself off over the side, but we just don't want to have to hit, sit there thinking about that in the back of our minds. And so we did a porthole. We did adjacent rooms with two portholes side by side, and that was fantastic. It was. We. There's only a few rooms that have this, but they have a Murphy bed that pulls down right next to the big porthole window. And you could literally lay on that little cot and look out the window for hours. It was beautiful. And so that's what we wanted when we were going to go to Alaska. But the cost between a guaranteed... Now, what's the right term for it? The room... You have rooms... You have that, a guaranteed room, but yeah. that but that's not an assigned room. Correct. And so we paid for that price, meaning we might get that big porthole, but we might get two smaller portholes, which seemed really disappointing for Alaska. And we were like, yeah, but do we want to... Because it was... The difference to, was... To, to determine the room itself and to assure you were going to get the large porthole was another 2000 on top of everything. And we were just like, really? 2000 We could go find a really short cruise later on yeah. here and go do that. We're well, not going to do that. We knew we wanted to put some money into some port adventures. And oh, yes. it just It just didn't make sense. So we went ahead and gambled. And I remember the day that um, we actually got our luggage tags through the mail. We weren't that late, but it did come through the mail. And the stateroom was listed on the paperwork. 41 so I, or 20. Oh, come on. I know this. Hold on. <laughs> It is twenty five forty eight. So twenty five forty eight, and I just out of curiosity typed in Disney Cruise twenty five forty eight, and wow, I got YouTube videos of that room, and it had the large porthole, and so we were dancing um, in the in the house that day as we looked at. Um, yeah, we that- saved ourselves two thousand. We sent, managed to get a larger porthole. Maybe that was because. We're coming in on 10 cruises and maybe, a, I don't know how they make that decision. Maybe there are just plenty of rooms. I sense the ship was fairly full, not completely full, but pretty full on that on that ship. In fact, you said that you saw that most of the available rooms had kind of booked, I, I don't recall. Oh yeah, when you went, if you went back in to try and book a room like a week out or so, the availability of portholes was gone. The only option was the inside state rooms, so. Now, uh, some friends of ours we'll talk about later, they did have the veranda. I think they enjoyed the veranda. I had a hard I had a hard time thinking whether I would have really enjoyed the veranda because, I say this because um, one of the places we really love on board the cruise ship is, is the promenade on um, deck four. I want to say it's on four. Um, where the wraparound uh, deck you can walk around. And I tried to get my wife out there I half a dozen times, and she never wanted to go out there because it was too cold. So my feeling was if we had been on veranda, there had been a lot of times we would have just thought, okay, this is fine for a minute or two, and then we would have been too cold and we would have gone in. Um, so, again, you have to determine that for yourself, but those are some of the issues. W- and, and to add to that... In terms of the booking and the timing of that booking, another part of the problem is that a lot of the premium shore excursions are booked. 
So if you don't book it in advance and get that payment down and so forth so you can take care of that booking, that's gone. And for the most part, those were gone. Now, we somehow lucked out, and maybe you don't have to, uh, but we did get lucky getting some some of those premium shore excursions. We would have never gotten the helicopter experience on the glacier, but but we did get the on the first um, the Glacier Bay um, boat excursion at the last minute. So we felt like that was a pretty good experience. Also, premium dining. There wasn't. That was kind of messy too because there was not availability for premium dining at Palo on board this ship. Although I remember one evening casually walking around the exterior of that level of the ship and I noticed a lot of empty tables. So maybe you can you could get it figured out the last minute and so forth and so forth. But it seemed to me that the availability of shore excursions in premium dining was a challenge for for us when you booked it so late. What is definitely a challenge was rising airfare costs. Everybody's coming into Vancouver. In fact, we were pretty jealous because you joined, we joined a Facebook page of folks coming that week and you could see pic pictures of people Thursday, Friday, and we, 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 we took off on Monday. But you could see pictures of people already arriving in Vancouver, all excited about their trip. And in fact, you do want to spend some time in Vancouver. Our challenge is because we have some um, older autistic children, we needed our other kids to kind of help sit. And so just being gone for eight days, seven nights was enough. We really couldn't, um, we really couldn't take in a lot of extra days before and after the sailing. But I got to tell you, when you're booking that close to the sailing, the cost of trying to find the airfare is very expensive. And then you get into the cost of hotels because you're going to need to be there the night before or maybe you're going to stay the night after. Again, hotel costs rising up. Um, we also got a rental car that added to rising costs. So again, can't emphasize enough. Um, well, let me just say there's one more issue that really puts you in favor of booking early, and that is the issue around weather. These things begin late May, they go into late September. The, as I understand it, the earlier the cruise, the, um, the earlier the cruise, the uh, more likely you're going to have inclement weather, weather. The later the cruise, the more likely you're going to have inclement weather. When we got to Vancouver for the June 19th trip, it was a soggy day. In fact, on board the ship, it was sloshing all over with water. That said and done, the rest of our week was absolutely stunningly perfect and beautiful. And most of our crew kept commenting, man, you guys really lucked out this week because last week everybody was just sloshing in the rain and the cold all week long. Yeah, it really was a, a benefit to have just happened to have ran into great weather that week. And I, I think the thing that the, the blessing in all of that was that the veranda wasn't 
as necessary because you wanted to be up on that top floor to be able to see both sides of the passages as you went through. And you could see the sky and the everything um, at a 360 degree. And so it, it just turned out beautifully for us. I remember the first day at sea, um, as we were coming into the passage, I it was still pretty, it was chilly that day. And I sat on the back of the boat where the wa the air, the, the wind was blowing. So the ship was kind of blocking the wind and just sat on a little bench there and watched and watched. So on the back side, the exterior of Palo. I, I was just mesmerized by it. It was beautiful. And, it, it, and, and so and there's other aspects to the weather thing too, because glacier access and whale migration and hibernating bears waking up those are things people want to see and do and we'll talk more about that in our next podcast as we talk about those shore excursions but whether you see one or the other really um does is impacted by the time of summer you go out there and so if one is something that is a must do study that out and determine what is the best week for you in terms of getting out there. One thing you may want to think of that we really did miss is um, the salmon um, oh, yeah. began to spawn more in July. So we were maybe a week, week and a half early. So those were some things we missed. And when the salmon spawn, the bears come out. So as it turned out, we didn't see a lot of bears. We heard rumor that they were around. Not that I wanted to go nose to nose with a bear, but it might've been fun to see them from a distance. Um, but that, that kind of decreased a little bit of the amount of wildlife we were able to see. So we left, we left on, um, a Sunday afternoon and we had a layover in Salt Lake of about five hours. Actually, the, the, the plane got delayed. So it ended up being over five hours. And then we went directly into Vancouver. Um, as you start seeing delays, or cancellations, you get a little bit freaked out as to whether or not you're going to be on this on this cruise ship. And so this is one of the reasons why this is an absolute must. You need to arrive the day before. I pushed it to the limits by getting there the midnight before. I would recommend you do it a little earlier so you can get have the comfort of getting into your room. I mean, we didn't get to our room until about 1.30 in the morning. And so to take advantage of this in a little better way, I really recommend you, you get there much earlier. And if you want to take it, Vancouver is really one of the best cities. We'll talk about that in a second. But be aware of that issue in terms of your arrival. We were told to go to an app called Arrive Can, C-A-N, as for Canada, Arrive Can, and to do the necessary preliminary work that got you ready for going through customs. And I think it saved me a few minutes, but because we showed up at midnight, there wasn't another plane coming in at that moment. So we went through customs fairly well, fairly quick. Wasn't a big deal going through customs. We did end up waiting a long time I'm thinking about the better part of an hour after our plane landed. We waited for our luggage to finally come out. And that was that was kind of a big pain. 
And then I kind of heard, um, uh, I, I, I wasn't sure whether I should take a Lyft. I don't, apparently, I'm not sure that Uber really works in Canada. I know there was a Lyft app. We're looking for that at midnight. It was kind of hard to get a Lyft um, out of the airport, but there was a lineup of taxis. My Lyft was showing, I'd have to wait 45 minutes at one o'clock in the morning for a Lyft vehicle to show up um, that would have cost me approximately $25 to go. I saw this lineup of taxis and thought, wow, I cancel the lift. We're just going to pay whatever extra to take the taxi. So we line up, get in the taxi quite quickly. Um, and immediately I see on the meter 30, and it's all in Canadian dollars, 30 Canadian dollars. And I like have a heart attack. Oh my gosh, we haven't even left. And they set the thing at 30. Turns out it's a set fee. And if it's a short distance, it's $15 if it's a long distance, i.e. the airport to your hotel near the, or to the terminal, it's 30. And 30 Canadian dollars, that was a deal in my opinion. Ad tip, it was reasonable for doing that. Um, so um, Vancouver, there are a couple of, the Fairmont, I think there's one other that is right next to the cruise ship. Because again, we had booked late, the prices, there were still rooms available, prices gone way up on those particular hotels. As nice it is, is to be able to call for your, for luggage and have them get your luggage out of your room and not have to see it until you get to your room on the, to your cabin on the ship. We didn't have that benefit, but we did stay at a Sheraton hotel. If you're one of those people who got a lot of Marriott Bonvoy points, or whatever um for me the benefit of having um being at the sheraton is it brought back a lot of memories my business partner and i with world-class benchmarking spent uh, a ginormous amount of time uh working the sheraton and saint regis and four points and and other brands that were part of starwood and helping them improve their their hotel experience. And I gotta tell you, it was a great hotel experience at the Sheraton. It is a little, you could walk in 20 minutes to the hotel or to your cruise ship, but if you got big bags like mine, not worth it. It only costs $15. And I think we took a lift that, um, that morning. It only cost us about $15 and about eight minutes to get to the, um, to the, um, to the port and we just love the Sheraton. It is stylish. It had access to a nice pool, although there was a full-size pool next door that um, that I ended up going to. It was great for swimming. Um, we were sitting there in the club lounge having, having um, breakfast when I made a comment about the wonder being in port. And Kathy, you take it from there. So I... I just turned to him and said, hey, so what direction from where is this port? And he pointed towards the port and I looked that direction between these two high rises was a perfect picture, uh, was a perfect window to the Disney Wonder coming into port. 
<clears throat> and uh, it was so exciting. We were so excited. We kind of announced it to the other tables around <laughs> all us. Of a sudden, and by the way, everybody at the club lounge was boarding the Disney Wonder that morning. So they're all crowding to see the Disney Wonder coming down the street between these between these high rises there. It was it was really great. It was really very easy. Uh, I, I highly recommend the Sheraton. If you don't want to pay the um the larger amount staying right there at the at the port i really recommend staying at the sheraton and um and i have to say it was um well the one thing i will say is vancouver i've been to vancouver before kath had not if we could have done one thing different and our the amount of time away from our kids was not the biggest issue definitely spend one or two days at the Disney, um, at the Disney, uh, or in Vancouver, because it really is a terrific, um, city to be in and visit. And, uh, I wish we'd had more time while we were there. All right. So we took, um, took a lift. Um, it led us right into a parking structure. So we were never out in inclement weather as we went through this whole process. Um, can I take just a yeah. second? If there was anything previous to the cruise that I kept debating on and continued to search Amazon again and again and again was what to pack, what to wear. And I was really concerned about getting being too wet, being too cold. I've become a Floridian and we don't like anything cold. And so other than a Sunday suit, I don't have long pants, people. I go in shorts around here. You know, they, they, this is this is Florida we live in. So, and I was yeah. I was particularly concerned about shoes because I kept thinking these cute little um, tennis shoes that I wear, the drop of water goes right through them and I could just see my feet freezing and so I, I went back and forth and I had bought these big snow boots that looked like I was going to go, you know, up into the deep Alaskan trotting through the snow. And then I saw pictures of all the green, beautiful uh, temperate rainforest. And I thought, okay, I may not need those, though I did bring them. And the last minute I bought some boots and um, these were more, they were a little more stylish than a hiking boot um, um, or like a combat boot, but they... They were boots. They covered everything, and they were waterproof. And I would highly recommend that. Um, it just felt like when the rain did come, you weren't going to have soaking wet feet. On that day, I remember getting all all my good waterproof stuff on and hopping in the car. And Jeff was wearing a sweater, <laughs> and and we because I didn't know where we we're going. And so here we go, right into this underground. Um, covered parking structure and we never saw anything even though it was raining outside we really I didn't get a drop of water on me so that was that was wonderful don't worry about yeah the, yeah, the bad news is you need to overpack for lots of layers and lots of possibilities because you don't know what the weather is going to become but for me I was pretty much in tennis shoes the whole week and very casual throwing on a layer here and there but usually far less i don't think i ever i think i used my rain jacket the morning we got in we were on the deck in vancouver because it was rainy that afternoon as the ship sailed out of port well my but, husband is a real gambler because he not only didn't wear much heavy stuff he also left his down jacket in orlando so had it been super cold 
he wouldn't have gambled well. But in this case, it was okay. Well, and one would question whether I gambled that well at all because I did come down with a head cold <laughs> after um, we returned. So maybe I, I didn't do that too well. And I did not. I did not. At any rate, we got to that. We got to the port. I didn't sense anybody was really questioning like I have seen at Port Canaveral. Is it, you know, what time do you have? Show me your paper. I want to see the time, you know. It wasn't that big an issue there. I didn't sense them really fighting it. I did see out of the corner of my eye the wonder through the parking structure. And I got to tell you, I got excited. It's a, such an amazing thing when you're on another part of the world and suddenly you see something so familiar that you really have an emotional attachment to. And seeing the familiar colors of the Disney wonder and the ship, just a, a little bit of its hull out of the corner, just was so exciting. The, when you get there, there's a little maritime museum worth checking out if you want to. And we did. We maybe spent five minutes. It was so interactive and really cool looking. But let's face it, we were excited to get on the ship. So we kind of, you know, pushed a few buttons and, and moved on. But it really was impressive what they had there. We've gotten on board in Miami and in San Diego and now Vancouver and, of course, Port Canaveral. I got to tell you, this onboarding process in Vancouver beats them all um of course you have the, the the beautiful port canaveral you know look and feel and it wasn't quite that they had plenty of banners and 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 so forth but let me tell you from the moment we got out of our lift to the moment we stepped on the ship was less than 30 minutes and that was impressive i think that though did have was the result of your staying up late one night to be able to get... Oh, that's right. Because we were like number... Well, we, 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 we were, were in 11.30 arrival time, and they must have been boarding at 11. So we had the 11.30 number, but... We um, didn't even sit down when we got to the space where everybody was waiting yeah. for their number to be called. We, we were about to sit, and they called our number. So, But there were a lot of people in that room that I'm thinking waited quite a bit longer. So... I would say it's worth staying up one night if you want to get on the store on the ship early to be able to get that early boarding time. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's something to be said about that. So um, again, but you may also be wanting to take in part of Vancouver. It's 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 one of those kind of hit and miss things. You have to determine for yourself. Now the Disney Wonder. Again, this is our third time on that ship. It's one of the smaller ships. It needs to be a smaller ship. I believe to get through um, the Panama Canal and especially through Canadian and Alaskan waters. So there makes there's a lot of sense as to why there's a smaller ship doing this. Still, I have to say, and I love the Wonder, and we're and I, I think you'll see that reflected in our review of the Wonder. The challenge is it's eight days, seven nights, and that's a lot of time on a smaller ship. And I began to appreciate some of the additional amenities, some of the additional things you get on a larger ship when you end up spending so much time there. My biggest concern or biggest loss was scooped ice cream. I know that's really silly because you can mm. fill up an ice cream cone anytime you want. But no place, and I had a hard time even finding it when we went to port. I don't think Alaskans eat a lot of ice cream. It's too cold or something. But I had a hard time finding uh, just a good scoop of mint chocolate chip ice cream anywhere. 
And that's because they don't have the, what's the name of it? Well, it, de it depends on what ship, but on the two larger ships, you have one that's themed out to Mickey and Minnie in the kind of runaway railway, and another one that's themed out to uh, Wreck-It Ralph and the Sugarland kind of uh, theme there. So that's missing in the smaller ships and it it you could it was something where we wanted we a little bit of a treat and the little bit of a treat was either the the genuine the 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 regular soft serve or it was finding a chocolate chip cookie when nothing else was I guess we had done room service. We never did do room service. But that's getting ahead of us. Let me talk about our accommodations. We did get I think that room worked for us, Kath. Oh, yeah, it was, it was on the second floor. Big porthole. Um, midship, too. It was back. midship, which in um, sometimes it's a little better to be back of ship, ship because you're a lot uh, closer to to some of the offerings like cabanas. Um, but also, midship is a little <laughs> a little bit of a problem for someone who is directionally inept because I would come out the door and have no idea which direction to go. If I was in the back of the ship, I would only have one choice. So, um, but other than that, it was great. It, um, and, and by the way, one of the problems with the ship is the older elevator systems, mm. smaller elevators, difficult to see which one's available. It's little things like that. But <clears throat> again, we kind of got through that. Our room was kind of halfway between midship and Ford. And so that was probably a, a, an advantage to that regard. Uh, we walked into a um, into the room, and there were new gifts. And for those of who have traveled many times, we have gotten more than our share of the shoulder bag, the blue shoulder bag, uh, Castaway Club bag, which we use. In fact, we were using that morning. This had new. Um, gifts, so to speak, when you got on board the ship. We had kind of two bags, um, Kath, and you used the, the dry land bag quite a bit in this experience. Yeah, I decided early on, because I didn't want to be cold ever, that I would just pack it with everything that I possibly could need to include a full suit rain gear, pants and top, which I never once put on. <laughs> but I had them. If I needed them at any moment, I had them. And a sweater and oh uh, anything I thought I might need, like a purse. I I just hauled that around with me everywhere I went. Binoculars I kept in there. Um and 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 that worked for me. I, and then I there was it. a cold bag. Wet um, wet bag. Wet bag, is that what you want to call it? Yeah. yeah. So for that your was kinda cool. Suit, I guess, but we never did. Mm -hmm. And then you had a new luggage tags, which before it was just really kind of a a not yep. luggage tags. Yeah, no, we never had those luggage tags. Before. Those aren't luggage tags. Those are. Oh, not not luggage tags. I'm sorry. They're the um, uh, for holding your room key. Our uh, lanyard. Lanyard. Thank you. God, <laughs> I've been in the convention business. We had bright gold lanyards, so that was fun. Um, that worked out good. Though one thing you might look for once the shops open, I managed to snag a cool little, uh, key holder on a that hooks to your waist and has an elastic thing that goes in and out that you could put your key card in and anything else once I got home I'm still using it and you could just pull it out because it's stretched and scan it and I didn't have something hanging around my neck I really like that of all the things I bought 
there. That was the thing I liked the most. It is the 25th anniversary of the Disney Cruise Line, and they kind of decked out with banners, and it seemed to me like they actually even replaced their carpets with a color scheme that was part of the 25th anniversary. It just seemed that way to me. It was beautiful and stunning. They also presented us with the 25th anniversary gift, which was a framed uh, picture of Captain Mickey, which was just a nice little touch that I, I don't think we were expecting as part of it. The best part of our room was our room attendant. He was terrific. Yeah, he was sweet. When we first got in, when you first get on the ship, you're a little bit not sure what to do because it was raining. You couldn't get in the pool. We ate and then we kind of waited for our room to open. But as soon as it opened, it we'd been so late the night before that Jeff just crashed and fell asleep. And I was unpacking when, when the steward opened, you know, knocked on the door and I answered him with a whisper and he immediately, you know, whispered to, oh, is there someone sleeping? I'm like, yes. And he disappeared quietly. And um, I think he thought because of that, that we probably were people who slept in regularly and I am not. I am a person who gets up early, wants to do breakfast, wants to hit the gym. I tend to shower over at the gym, the health club showers, because I'm a big guy and they are bigger, nicer showers, so they work better for me. And I like to do those things and then come back and have the room clean. And after the first day or two, I mean the first, the second day I think it was, the second full day, he didn't get in there till like noon. And so I just had this heart-to-heart -heart conversation. Is there any way we could do it earlier and so forth? Oh man, he took the feedback and he ran with it. And he had that room. He was, he had that room clean as soon as we got back. He did such a great job. We, there's also a joke about my wife eating all the chocolates. So he was like spreading out more chocolates and it was just a great, one of the best, no, not, I'm sorry, the best room attendant we have ever had on a ship. So. That was really um, very cool. Now, dining. We tend to go to Cabana's on the first day. Cabana's lunch is okay. And we kind of did it many days. Um, I think if I were to redo anything, I may have done a little more formal dining for uh, going to Triton's or Animator's Palette for lunch. Maybe, but we were, because we had three different port adventures. Yeah, we had to come A lot of times we were just, you know, grabbing food and going. But my favorite meal on the ship is breakfast, and it's breakfast in Cabanas. I love the food offering. I apologize. I have been so into Disney for so many decades, and nobody had ever told me about churro waffles. <laughs> well, how did I miss Mickey churro waffles? They were amazing. Add strawberries, add the candy pecans. It was a stunning breakfast when you added all the other things that I love about breakfast at at Cabana's. So it was that dessert. Was, it was dessert for breakfast. But it, was, it was dessert. <laughs> but it was great. But yeah, it was great. You know, it's a cruise. We can oh, live All I can sometimes. say is Walt Disney World, you need to find out a find a place for churro waffles in the parks. Um we're not coffee drinkers. We are but we had our fill of hot chocolate. They had a big hot chocolate dispenser, although it was confusing on day one because there was a tag saying that uh, not available or unavailable for use. It was actually the fourth dispenser that was unavailable. Went through way too much hot chocolate. 
during that. We tried to do Cove Cafe, and we did a couple of treats there. I also did their premium hot chocolate, which was amazingly nothing special. <laughs> the problem with Cove, Cove Cafe is that there was always a line. Maybe more because we're on Alaskan cruise, and people are wanting their cappuccinos and lattes, but that was a little bit of a problem there. What we did find is I did Daisy Delights a couple of times with that rice and soup bowls. This is the location where the ice cream parlor usually shows up and the and the larger ships. And I kind of I kind of like that. Or sometimes I took that base and I added some things in cabanas that made that work. Moreover, we went to um, Pete's Boiler Bites and did, I did shawarma on several days and I loved it. It was a great, perfect little snack because we had the later another challenge when you are booking is you don't get as much choice on when you want to dine and we ended up with the later dining thing which because of other events wasn't wouldn't have been a big deal on any other cruise but we're already easterners now trying to adapt to pacific coast and then alaskan time zones because you change time zones at one point and it was it seemed really late for dinner for us. So, so we basically ate four meals a day. Um, but that was okay. We were on a cruise. Um, the one tip that I got off another podcast was to bring your water bottles with you, uh, like a, a non disposable, you know, a nice insulated water bottle, and um, that you can fill those up at you know at any of those drink stations. I tend to be a a water drinker. I don't really drink a lot of soda, but it was something I could keep with me wherever we went, except that I usually left it wherever I went. So I really appreciated everyone on the ship that tended to find my Cove, Cove Cafe, had my water bottle waiting for me when I came back for it. Um, but it definitely was helpful. So if you have those, and in fact, when we got off the ship for Port Adventures, you weren't allowed to bring anything but a reusable water bottle. And so I would encourage you to, to bring one along because that really is um, helpful. So um, evening dining, the rotational dining, um, really you had the premise for three great dining experiences. We had Animator's Palette the first night. The Animator's Palette is so much better than the larger ships which are offering the... Um, uh, cr the crush uh, conversation, um, turtle talk with crush. I'm over the turtle talk with crush thing. This had just a joyful celebration and two different nights. They had very different shows dealing with animation. Well, on the second night, we got to do the hand-drawn thing where, where your drawing comes to life. That was so cool and so much fun. Animator's palette was great. Um, Tiana's place... We had done in, in San Diego. Our table was near the stage. It should have been a fantastic table, but we were hauling that second night to our first destination and the motors, it, it felt like we were on a simulator the entire evening. Add the noise from the stage. It was very difficult to talk to our table companions, which we'll talk about in a second. And, and while we loved seeing um, uh, Tiana and Will, Will um, um, do a photo of her, 
on the on the site. Make sure you check out DisneyInsights.com because we're going to have a lot of photos and some vi cool videos. Um, we also did Tritons, and that was fine. I got to tell you, the food was not standing out for me. There is the one night you have in in uh, the Tritons or in that main dining space where you are doing um, the brie, you're doing the, um, what was it, the, the escargot. That's usually my favorite dining night. It was, it was not doing it for me. I don't know if it was my own taste buds, but it was not doing it for me. Now, the last night they did lobster and my table server brought not one, but two. Surprised me with two tails. Um, let's talk about our table servers. Let so me. Can I say a word about the food before we go too far? There were four of us at the table, and our servers, bless their hearts, would come up and say, how's everything? How's the food? And Deanna would say, great. And Jared would say, wonderful. And Kathy would say, that was really tasty. And Jeff would say, okay. So his kind of did seeing the food, I don't think he was feeling well or something because I thought it was as yummy as we've ever had on a Disney cruise ship and I just don't think maybe, his taste buds were cooperating with Maybe him. it was too much shawarma beforehand. I don't know. <laughs> Could have been. Here's the truth. I've never had table servers that weren't absolutely lovely, wonderful individuals and our table servers were absolutely all that. And maybe it was in part because our table companions kept us busy. But I got to tell you, the service was it many times just simply absent. Waiting for a drink refill, waiting for something to occur. I really, and I studied this as best I could over our trip. And I, I got to tell you, it wasn't because they were slacking. I never saw two people work harder in my entire life. They were hustling, they were moving. There's a thing in Tiana's where they all join in this little jubilee and everybody forms a procession. They were not. They were hustling to take care of their tables. I wondered if part of the challenge, and I think this is part of the challenge, they had some other tables with very demanding needs and it was all they could do to take care of those tables. And I think they really struggled during this trip to, to do that. But that said and done, as we finished out the week and the opportunities came for maybe a little bit more conversation, more discussion, you just found out that these people were just the most genuine, lovely individuals you could possibly ever have the chance to associate with. It was, um, you want to say anything? Um, I don't know that I felt like there was any lack beyond the fact that um they were super busy if there was anything that was funny was they almost had to kind of wave their hands to get our attention because we were so so busy talking to our seat mates um at dinner and had so much in common with them they would have to stand there for a minute just to be able to get us to stop talking so that they could ask if we wanted more water or more soda um we really lucked out when they assigned us jared and 
Deanna Martin as uh, as table companions. Well, let me, let's just say that a couple of things have occurred in the previous cruises. We've taken our children, and when we have an autistic child especially, we tend to have our own table. And that's just as well. And by the way, that was another aspect is previous cruises. Um, because our son is so special needs and so particular in his food, I mean, they would automatically, when we got to the table, have chicken nuggets and and fries and things that my son, they just were able to anticipate that better and knew to have to deal with us more because we had an autistic need child. So that was part of why we'd had a lot more service beforehand. The other aspect of it is, is that the, there has not been as much um, many people attending the cruises and those servers have been able to attend to more, um, attend better because they didn't have as many tables to take care of. They were also spreading out tables and not seating during the pandemic, post-pandemic period, spreading out tables and not having people um, share tables. So lo and behold, we get to our table and realize, oh yeah, I guess we may have table companions. And I would dare say, Jerry and Deanna were probably thinking, oh yeah, we got table companions. <laughs> Wonder what this is gonna be like. And it is a throw of the dice, seemingly. But I gotta tell you, if luck favors the brave, we, I'm, we, I have never such amazing table companions. We had such a wonderful experience. And we realized not only did we have a shared love of all things Disney, and let me tell you, I will try to include video of their home, which puts mine to shame. They are, they are big on Disney and they are amazing. But he had even attended some of my former Disney um, business development programs that I had delivered. And so being able to have a common frame of reference and talking about the customer experience and so forth, we just, and oh, and by the way, the, the yeah, wives it, were. It even went further than that because she's a school teacher, as am I. And we even share a common pet in that they uh, love Prince Charles Cavaliers. Is that the right term? King Charles Cavaliers. And our daughter loves King Charles Cavaliers. And so we just, it, it just, every time we turned a corner, there was something more that we had in common. I don't know how the Disney pixie dust works or how they managed to sprinkle it enough to get people that had so much in common together, but they definitely pulled it off. Kathy may have been right when, when it came to our servers not really being able to attend to us because we were very focused in conversation during our entire time together. And every evening, uh, the lights would come back on in the restaurant from the show lights of serving to to uh, to just end of the day. Like, I mean, people were putting on tablecloths and we were like the last people to leave every evening. We just had a really wonderful experience with them yeah we did and and we would like i remember after we would finish our excursion and then you kind of come back and you go on to whatever activity you want to do on the boat and then it was always always like okay what are we doing next oh we get to go have dinner with jared indiana and we would sit there and share the adventures that we had gone on that day and what each other's experiences were um it was really fun and i, I remember us talking to one of one of the, what's the name of the steward? It's the guy that's over the two, The head server. Yeah, the head server. We were talking to him and he was involved in arranging tables. And he talked about the fact that 
um, it was difficult for them to get couples that were willing to share a table with another couple that a lot of people were requesting that they would have a table of their own and how since the pandemic, because during the pandemic that wasn't a thing, but after they were having a hard time now trying to arrange enough tables and put people where they needed wanted to be. And I would just say, you know, if there's just the two of you, um, take a risk, you're gonna meet somebody that's probably kind of into what you're in because you're all on a Disney cruise. And um, it just added to our experience completely. It really did. It was it, it was truly one of the highlights being with um, Jared and Deanna. Okay, so entertainment wise, the Disney characters we don't do a, we do a ton of meet and greets with our children. We didn't do a ton here, but the characters were not only um, decked out in meet and greet attire for Alaska. Very cool. Very cute. But they also had a 25th anniversary uh, attire as well. That was kind of fun. I also ran into, because it was part of the kids' clubs, I ran into Spider-Man, ran into, um, um, uh, not uh, the Hulk, I ran into um, uh, Thor. And it was just a lot of fun running into characters. For, um, maybe well, that was part of the smaller ship thing. It seemed easier to run into characters. Um, there was a frozen at sea thing because there is no pirates night. They don't do fireworks because we are in a natural environment. They don't want to spook animals or anything of that nature. So there was no pirates night. I could have dealt with that. I think the frozen at sea concept was a great one, but in delivery, I thought it was lame as lame gets. And they really need to reinvent that a little bit more than just doing some kind of uh, put your right foot in, put your right foot out, or put your, and then having Elsa come out and sing, um, sing her big song at the end. We did probably spend because again we end up being with our kids. We ended up to having some opportunities in the lounges. There was a great uh, pianist in the Cadillac Lounge. Really enjoyed him doing show tunes and and so forth. And then there was a woman's vocal group in the Azure, and they did an outstanding job there. We took in the movie Elemental. Any thoughts on that film from oh, Pixar? You really ought to see Elemental. I think that it really caused me to think about the people I know who have immigrated to the United States and their experience and their family's experience. Um, there's just a very sweet, um, correlation there and, um, yeah, it was a great, it was a great show. Now, um, and I will, I will add to that and say you need to see it in a theater because the animation and the color and look and the community they live in, that was amazing. I think it's also a show that you can't just watch casually, um, like you would, you know, another Disney show. Turning on Disney Plus while you're eating dinner. Yeah, yeah because it, the characters are, just because they represent fire and water and their... Basic they're, elements. Yeah, and their their facial features kind of change. And I don't know, I just think it's something you need to study in terms of what it means. When we were on our last cruise, and I guess I want to say it was the dream, they had the Golden Globes. They also had the Golden Globes on this ship. And what was funny about when we saw it in our last experience, we were, it was, what was it, like late October? It was October, mid-October last year. 
It was the first day that um, someone could get on a ship without being vaccinated. Yes. The first yes. ship. And the day that that changed, the next day we were on a ship with our son, Preston, because he had refused to be vaccinated. He was afraid. And so we were on I tell you, we do last moment. minute cruising. <laughs> I, I really do. But what was funny about the Golden Globes was there is a part where the CEO of the Walt Disney Company makes an appearance. Originally, it was Michael Eisner, then changed to Bob Iger. Well, it was still Bob Iger, even though Bob Chapek was there. And I kept thinking, okay, this is this is a really bad sign that you haven't changed over this video with your new CEO. And yet, now we're back on the on another ship. We're watching the Golden Globes, and there's Bob Iger. As if we never needed Chapek footage. It was just a very funny moment. But he looked also, good, too. He didn't look like he'd aged today. The show looked good. The show had added a lot, at least this presentation of it on this ship, added a lot of projection elements, added a lot of props. The Sleeping Beauty and uh, Aurora and Prince Philip came up in a big crown and then the three fairies. There were elements that I had not seen before. The Golden Globes is really just uh, a place to do wonderful musical moments from Disney films. And that show really delivered. As as old as that, that show goes back 25 years. But it is a great show. Frozen, a musical spectacular. Your thoughts, Kath? I Of the three, I enjoyed that one the most. Um, I, I think I tire a little of the thread, the way they thread all these different pieces of, of musicals and, and songs into one thing. I feel like sometimes... The storyline is a, a, a little bit of a stretch, but Frozen is Frozen, the show. And, and I just felt like it was masterful the way they had put everything on the stage. And yeah, it was it was beautiful. I thought it was beautiful. Threading musical numbers together is the problem with Disney Dreams, an enchanted classic. But the show is is stellar. And I kept sitting there thinking, I've been through a lot of Disney shows worldwide, locally. I got to say, this is really one of the best shows out there, I think. I, I, you know what, Kath? You never did comment on the Lion King show in Disneyland Paris. I didn't ever get your review of that because I didn't go on it. Uh, well, there was a similarity there because in Paris, they do do um, the different... Oh, uh, there's a there's a big bar that's hanging and and they do a lot of aerial air, aerial kind of things around these different bars and ropes that are kind of hanging down. So it was almost cirque like. Yeah, it was it was reminiscent of that. Um, I like the Disney Dreams thing, but the teacher in me doesn't really like the ending when the child thinks they can fly and they jump off. The roof and your fourth grade uh, students don't jump yeah, off. Yeah, I, I really don't want some kindergartner to convince themselves that they have pixie dust and take a leap. So there's just something about that part that catches me off, and and it was it's that thread that I I don't really you like. don't buy into. No. Okay, so recreation wise, we had a chance to open house the Ocean Air Club and Lab. Very cool. Seemed updated. I could have been wrong. That was cool. Gym, health club, I was there every day. That was cool. My favorite thing was swimming. Swimming in the pool, in the, in the adult pool, every day while I was on the ship. And it was the best, the best kept secret is that the water was heated. 
and it was warmer in the pool than it was out of the pool. And I, because nobody was there, I was doing laps at 15 yards and then doing flip turns. I never did so many flip turns in my life, but I love that element. The one, maybe not recreation, maybe more entertainment, and we will have a video on this, is Kathy's favorite onboard experience, the almighty Diaper Jack, Dash. Jack Jack's Diaper Dash. Um, so this was something I happened to run upon, oh, I don't know, Cruise 1 probably, maybe Cruise 2, and it 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 just is so much fun to watch those babies crawling on their little hands and knees if they stand up they're disqualified and one little girl learned to walk right there on the ship i think because she went and she couldn't win because she walked across the space but um in the end this diaper dash was was first place to hope little baby named hope and second place to another little baby named hope and they the just message did. is stop naming your kids hope. <laughs> um, but both hopes did a really great job, and it was really funny as we were about the ship that day. We kept running into hope, um, and, the, the hope. hope and hope, and and I said, "Oh, is this the hope that won?" And the family said, "No, this is second place hope." And then a little later, I saw another baby. I was like, "Is this first place hope?" And they said, "Yes." And we had a great time with that. And and this time, where I've had years past where there were a few people congregated, this was every single spot on all three floors had somebody standing. I had to really work. We were a little late getting there. I had to really work to find my little spot to watch the diaper dash. Um, it was a fun, exciting activity. So let me just say, the first time she dragged me to one of these several cruises ago, I thought this is the stupidest activity ever. This time, I happened to be in the area. There was a massive number of people gathered on all three levels of the atrium. This thing was so crowded and so the crowds were so crazy that half the children started crying because of the noise during the diaper dash. And, and they had two guys, two people, particularly one gentleman who knew how to milk this event into a comedy showcase. It was so funny, so good, and yeah, maybe the Diaper Dash is one of the best things on a Disney cruise ship. I'm just going to say a couple of things about shopping. We, as soon as we got out of port, we wanted to get to some Alaska merchandise. There was a big crowd waiting to get into white caps and mainsails, um, and it was a blitz going in there. Um, and there was, but there was still Alaskan merchandise. Throughout the whole cruise, and I don't think could, they ran out. Of I anything. don't think they ran out of anything. Yeah. And there was an Alaskan. I thought we'll get an Alaskan blanket, specialty blanket. It was twenty dollars with sixty dollars worth of purchase. So we did that. I got to be honest, we never really used the blanket that much. We they hand out blankets on the ship like you hand out beach towels in in the Caribbean. So don't feel like you have to get to the blanket, but it is a, it is a souvenir memoir. What is disappointing, there was little, practically nothing in 25th Anniversary Disney Cruise merchandise. Uh, David wanted some things. I couldn't deliver any of it because they, other than a backpack and a specialty ear set, they just didn't have anything on there. It was very disappointing in that regard. Now, all good things come to an end. We disembarked, 
uh, the ease in getting off the ship. We waited for a number, but once it was called, it was pretty easy getting off that ship. Uh, we found our luggage, went through customs pretty well um, through that. Any thoughts you have on that, Kath, as you, you look at me? Our problem was once we got out and we got a taxi. It was a little bit of weight on the taxi thing. Um, we took a taxi over to Avis, where I'm a frequent, not frequent user, but or flyer, but user. Um, doesn't matter. There was no specialty line. And the first thing you come upon is a sign that says there may be up to two hours wait for an Avis car. Um, that was a big sign. Now, it did take us about 45 minutes in line, but we did get a car right away. I'm just telling you this because the rental car thing is kind of an issue in Vancouver. And it I didn't feel like they were really had the ability to address that. They were apologetic about it, but it was really hard to know what it was that was slowing them down. Just not enough workers. There were plenty of cars in the garage when we got there, but there must have been something with maybe not having the personnel to clean them up and get them ready to go again or something. We headed over to the border. The border wait was upwards to an hour. And that's a big factor you may want to determine. And it's a it gets only bigger as the day progresses. So um, there are several other border patrol locations, um, but we just didn't. We, we were kind of silly. Um, we're with Verizon and I was nervous about costs of international phone time and whatnot and data usage. And I didn't look it up, which was even sillier. And turned out I could have been using my phone the entire time because international plans um, start once you leave North America. Um, so I wish that I had just put in the names of these other locations to cross because they are big signs that show you what the wait time is at each of those locations. And some of them were far, far less. So I think that would be one little thing to check as you're leaving. Um, or again, if you book the trip in advance, you may be able to go out of Vancouver. Kath had been to Seattle, I think, when you were three or six or something. Yeah. So I I have done a ton of business. In fact, we even drove by um, um, Woodland Park Zoo, which was one of my clients for a long time and could see kind of the developments going on there. That was kind of cool. We did the fish market, a lot of fun. Went by the needle. No, she's not gonna go up in that little skinny elevator. Did the monorail, which actually has been renovated a little bit. It was a little better. We enjoyed our time in Seattle and it was a good chance for her to see it, which she had really not seen it since a small child. We had a red-eye flight going out of SeaTac and that got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And if I had a head cold, I think it's because of how cold it was in that airport. Should have had that uh, heavy coat. Heavy coat. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for reminding me <laughs> on that. And we met somebody that was actually from Kissimmee, where we're from. And she flies out of Vancouver quite a bit. And she said it's like that almost every time. You're really at the end of a long chain of planes coming in and going out. If your plane's leaving at midnight and there's been any delays throughout the day, you're leaving at 2 a.m. And we were exhausted. It was the one red-eye flight that I actually slept on all the way back to Orlando. So that was, a, you know, the silver lining, I suppose. 
So, as you can see, this has been a long podcast, and we haven't even talked about the shore excursions. The glaciers of Sawyer and South Sawyer Bay, Icy Point, Juneau, Ketchikan. Our next podcast will cover these amazing experiences. If you want a glimpse, go to DisneyInsights.com because I have a one minute video on the whales and it will blow you away. And I'm not talking about the blowhole. Mm -hmm. I will, I mean, yeah, we had our share of um, whale snot, but it, it was an amazing experience. Those, those, those experiences, usually we go for the ship and happen to enjoy the excursions as great as the Disney Wonder is or any Disney cruise ship is the port excursions were even more amazing. So join us for that podcast. And I think that's another place where I just felt very justified in taking a lesser priced room if I was gonna be outside of the room doing port adventures that cost me more. So um, this is the one where don't spare the expense. Um, go for it. There's a lot of cool things to be seen in Alaska. Much more to talk about, so join us for the next podcast. Well, thanks for joining us for this podcast. And my special thanks to my wife, Kath, who, by the way, I should mention, she really was the best part of the entire cruise. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out Disney Insights. Subscribe if you haven't already. Please scroll not only past the images and videos and links and everything that we have. Check out our uh, link and... Um, notes on Jim Corcus. He is really fighting for his health and if you're familiar with him and his contribution as a Disney historian, the whole community is getting together to see if we can't support him in some way. There are a couple of different ways I propose a couple of different links. Check that out if you would. And finally, in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.